Welcome back to Core Anesthesia. Whether you are a student prepping for tests and boards or a CRNA here to earn CEUs, we are glad you've joined us. For more about us, make sure to check us out on Instagram at Core Anesthesia and online at coreanesthesia.com. Welcome back to Core Anesthesia. I'm Cole here with Tanner, and today we want to continue our discussion on regional anesthesia. We want to move down to the lower extremity for this talk and talk about the lumbar plexus as well as the sacral plexus and the nerves that are going to branch off of those groupings throughout the entire lower leg down into the foot and what different blocks we can do to block different areas that we want to isolate for specific procedures. While there are a lot of blocks that we can do here, it doesn't give us a lot of time to go in depth with a lot of them. So we want to focus a couple of minutes on each of the main ones and give a brief overview that there are some extra ones that you can do as you get further down the leg, especially around the ankle. We're not going to spend a lot of time on the individual blocks down by the ankle, but we're going to basically walk through the anatomy of the lumbar plexus as well as the sacral plexus and then go through the femoral blocks, the various forms of the femoral block that we can do as well as the sciatic block and the ones that are associated with that. So Tanner, let's just start us off here with the anatomy behind the lumbar plexus. The lumbar plexus is going to be L1 to L4. This isn't completely a hard, fast rule. Sometimes you can have involvement from L5 or even T12. The different branches, similar to last week when we talked about the brachial plexus and you had to follow those down to different branches, it's going to be a similar picture here where each of these levels, L1 through L4, are going to combine or branch into different nerves. And so it's important that you have a good understanding from L1 to L4 what nerves these combine to form or they branch into these different nerves. You should also know that the plexus is between the psoas major and the quadratus lumborum muscles in the psoas compartment. And so when you're looking at the plexus and the nerves going through there, your border, as far as the muscles go, is, again, that's going to be your psoas major and then your quadratus lumborum. Starting from the top, let's start with L1. So L1 is going to branch into the iliohypogastric and the ilioinguinal nerve. L1 and 2 are going to combine. And so that's going to be your genofemoral nerve. L2 and L3 are going to combine to form the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve. And then L2, 3, and 4, so it kind of builds on each other. L2, 3, and 4 are going to divide into the posterior and anterior divisions. Similar, remember back from the brachial plexus, we had the same type of division where you had the anterior and posterior. All three of the posterior divisions combine to form the femoral nerve. And then the anterior division is going to combine to form the obturator. So that's where it's a little bit different with the brachial plexus. You had the posterior all form together. And then the anterior, you had a little bit of difference between the superior, medial, and inferior. Here, the whole anterior and the whole posterior are going to form together respectively. And then you're going to have on the posterior side, Again, that will be your femoral nerve, and then the anterior is going to be the obturator. Yeah, so this is a lot simpler in my mind compared to the brachial plexus. If you tracked with this last episode on the brachial plexus, this should hopefully be simpler to understand. You can really just break it down, as Tanner said there, from L1, and then it builds L1 and L2, L2 and L3, and then the L2 through L4 all combined to form really the main ones that we want to talk about the rest of this talk, and that's the femoral nerve and the obturator, along with that lateral femoral cutaneous nerve that branches from L2 to L3. We're not going to talk about the first three nerves, the iliohypogastric, ilioinguinal, 
and the genitofemoral. Those are more done with blacks that we can do up in the trunk region. That's for another talk. But for today, we want to focus more on the lower extremity. So we're going to focus on that lateral femoral cutaneous nerve, the femoral, and the obturator. So moving down, the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve does not have any motor, but does sense the lateral portion of the thigh. The femoral nerve is going to split into an anterior and posterior division. The anterior branch is going to innervate the anterior surface of the thigh and the sartorius muscle, whereas the posterior branch is going to innervate the quadricep muscles, the knee joint, and the medial ligament. So that's an important distinction to note if we get to the block after the femoral nerve is already split, we'll be isolating this anterior and posterior branch. So there is the availability to block just the posterior branch or just the anterior branch, which is going to isolate either the motor or the sensory response. So we'll get to this when we talk about our blocks, but if we isolate and only block the anterior division, but spare that posterior branch, we're going to spare the motor innervation of the quadricep muscles, but we'll be able to block the sensory innervation to the anterior surface of the thigh if we block that anterior portion. So that's a very nice thing to know here and take note of is that that femoral nerve does split in those two branches and we can isolate them. And then thirdly, that obturator nerve is going to sense the inner thigh down by the knee, as well as do motor innervation to the hip adductors, ADD, as in bringing that leg closer to the midline. So we can isolate for a knee surgery if we block the obturator nerve, it's going to provide sensory blockade of that inner portion of the thigh down by the knee and also prevent the leg motor-wise from having that adduction occur. So to recap, today we're just basically going to talk about the lateral femoral cutaneous and then the femoral nerve. Remember that the lateral femoral cutaneous comes from L2 and L3. L2, L3, L4 are going to all divide into posterior and anterior divisions. The anterior division is going to be your obturator nerve, and then your posterior division is going to be your femoral nerve. Remember that the femoral nerve will also then branch into an anterior and posterior bundle in and of itself. And that's what Cole was talking about, how we can block just the anterior and block the sensation, but then keep some motor from the posterior branch of that femoral nerve. Moving on, we're going to talk about the sacral plexus as well, and then we'll get into some of the blocks that we can do. The sacral plexus is going to be L4 to S4. So it basically picks up on the bottom part of the lumbar plexus and then moves on down to S4. The posterior femoral cutaneous and the sciatic come from this plexus. So those are the two big nerves that we're going to talk about. The posterior femoral cutaneous senses the posterior thigh. The sciatic nerve is what's going to innervate the posterior thigh and lower leg with motor. The sciatic nerve will further split into the common peroneal and the tibial nerves. The common peroneal will split into the superficial and deep peroneal, and then also the common peroneal will combine with the tibial to also form that sural nerve. And then the tibial nerve will also innervate the posterior tibial. So before we move into the blocks, let's do a quick review here. Now that we know what nerves branch off of the lumbar plexus and the sacral plexus, Let's do a quick overview of where they are going to sense throughout the lower extremity, just so we can get that picture in our head and know what kind of areas we're going to block by blocking specific nerves. So starting with the thigh, the femoral nerve is going to sense the 
anterior portion of the thigh with the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve sensing the lateral portion of the thigh. That makes sense. Lateral femoral, it'll be on the lateral side of that thigh. When you get to the distal part of the thigh, the inner part of that is going to be sensed by the obturator nerve. Like we said earlier, how it's just that distal inner part of the thigh. Whereas the posterior side of the thigh is going to be sensed by the posterior femoral cutaneous nerve. So again, Thankfully, somebody named those appropriately. The posterior femoral cutaneous and the lateral femoral cutaneous should give you clues there. The femoral nerve will innervate the anterior side. The obturator will be the distal medial side of the thigh. Moving to the lower part of the leg, that femoral nerve will turn into the saphenous nerve, and that saphenous nerve will innervate the medial portion of the calf all the way down to the heel. The lateral portion of the calf is going to be the peroneal nerve. Specifically, the common peroneal nerve will innervate the lateral portion of the calf with a small section halfway down being the superficial peroneal nerve. And as you work down into the ankle, that lateral part of the ankle and calf down into the foot is going to be that sural nerve. The tibial nerve, which again branches off of that sciatic nerve, is going to innervate the heel. And there's a small section between your big toe and your second toe that is going to be innervated by the deep peroneal nerve. So again, try to keep track here. The femoral nerve, as it goes down, turns into the saphenous nerve. And then your sciatic nerve, as it goes down, is going to split into that peroneal nerve and that tibial nerve, which then branches into the sural nerve. So keep that in your head, which plexus produces which nerve, either the femoral or the sciatic. And then as those two nerves go down the leg, how they branch that picture in your head will help you have a clear idea when we talk about these blocks and if we're blocking specific nerves, how that's going to affect the lower part of the leg. Okay. So now let's move our discussion into specific blocks. The first one we'll start with is the lumbar plexus block. This is also known as the psoas compartment block. The goal here is you're going to want to block the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve, your femoral nerve, and your obturator nerve. So if you remember all the way back up from your innervation, your lateral femoral cutaneous nerve is going to be from L2 and L3. And then your femoral and your obturator is going to be from L2, 3, and 4. So that's really what we're trying to block here for this lumbar plexus block. How you're actually going to do this, we're not going to get into a lot of detail with this, but it's a good idea that you have a good understanding of the basic technique for this block. So if you have a case that is knee procedure or you have something on the anterior thigh, then this would be a good block to use. Sometimes you'll see this actually used in conjunction with the sciatic nerve block if you need some more relief to the lower leg. But the basic technique of this is you're going to find L4. We know to find L4, you're going to use your iliac crest, basically draw a line between them. That's going to be L4. You're going to go three to four centimeters caudal to that, and then you'll go four to five centimeters lateral on the side that you're trying to block. Your depth here will be pretty significant. You'll go about eight centimeters in, and at this point, you'll use a nerve stimulator. You should be seeing quadriceps twitches. You'll want to hit the transverse process, and then you'll redirect your needle, either cephalate or caudal. At this point, you're basically there. You don't want to advance too much farther past this transverse process. At this point, you can inject, and you should have a good block there. Some complications that you want to think about is that since this is a blind technique that you really want to be careful about injecting intravascularly, again, using your proper technique, make sure you're aspirating. And so you know that you're not intravascular whenever you're injecting. 
Also with the trajectory of this needle, you need to think about RP bleed. So make sure that you're looking for any kind of bruising or tenderness on that side. So moving down, let's talk about a femoral nerve block. If you recall, that femoral nerve, as it goes down, it splits into the anterior and posterior divisions. We want to isolate specific regions from a cephalod to caudal direction here to specifically target if we want to group nerves together or if we want to isolate them even more. So let's first talk about the femoral triangle that boards this area where the femoral nerve is going to be found. This triangle is going to be bordered by the sartorius muscle on the lateral side, the adductor longus muscle on the medial side, and the inguinal ligament on the cephalad side. If you're using an ultrasound in this area, you want to have the patient lie supine and have their leg externally rotated, and you're going to place their transducer in the inguinal crease. When you do this, you should see the vein and artery as these hypoechoic structures with the nerve is going to be this hyperechoic spot on the lateral side of the vessel. An acronym that is very commonly used is VAN, V-A-N, and this stands for femoral vein for V, femoral artery for A, and the femoral nerve for N from a medial to lateral position. Yeah, and I was taught on this navel, so N-A-V-L, moving from the opposite way. So from lateral to medial, you have your nerve, artery, vein, and then your lymph is most medial. So whatever helps you if that's VAN or navel, but you need to make sure you keep those straight there in the femoral triangle. So the femoral nerve is going to split into its anterior and posterior division right around when it passes this inguinal ligament. Some patients can have it on the superior side. Some can have it happen on the inferior side. So it's important to block the superior branch. And if it has already split, it's going to be more on the lateral side. So you want to make sure that we're blocking all three corners of this triangle by getting around that nerve completely and making sure that we're injecting enough on the lateral side to get that posterior branch if it has already split. If you're using a nerve stimulator for this procedure, again, you want to be looking at the quadricep muscles twitching. If your sartorius muscle is responding, that means you're too superficial and medial to that main femoral nerve, and you're isolating the split that has already occurred. Because if you recall, which branch is going to target the sartorius muscle, the anterior or the posterior branch of the femoral nerve? The anterior. Perfect, the anterior. Hopefully you guys got that right. So anterior is going to be the sartorius muscle. So if you're having your sartorius muscle respond, you're too superficial and medial and you need to move more on the lateral side and making sure that we're getting that posterior branch as well. Now there are some varying blocks that we can do for this femoral nerve. One of them is commonly known as the three-in-one block. So this is doing a femoral block, but we also want to try to get the obturator nerve and the lateral femoral cutaneous nerve. If you recall, that obturator is going to sense the distal medial portion of the thigh. The lateral femoral cutaneous nerve is going to be on the lateral portion of the thigh, and that femoral nerve is going to be on the anterior side of the thigh. And if we can block all three of those, then we're going to be doing a pretty good job of blocking the entire anterior to lateral spread of sensation on this thigh. So what you can do is you can do the femoral block that I just described, but you're going to angle more cephalod and you're going to hold pressure behind that needle and use more volume and try to force that local anesthetic to go in a more cephalod direction and block all three of those nerves, the femoral, the obturator, and the lateral femoral cutaneous when they're in close proximity to each other further up in the leg before they split and branch off. Hopefully that makes sense. It's just a variation of the femoral nerve block. And again, it's a three-in-one block. And you can remember those three nerves because those three nerves come off in close proximity together from that lumbar plexus. 
Yeah, another variation of this femoral nerve block that you can do is the adductor canal block. And so this is going to be even lower down on the thigh. This is one that I think I probably see most often. This is a really nice block because like we talked about earlier, this will spare the motor, but will take care of the sensory innervation. And so a lot of times we see a total knee or something like that, where they need to be up pretty quickly and moving around with PT. This is a really nice block that will treat their pain, but still allows them to move. And so with this block, typically you would see it at the end of the procedure, you can have them move their leg out kind of like a frog leg position. So you're exposing that anterior thigh. Here you can place your ultrasound and you'll see what's classically known as kind of like a boat shape. And then right at the base of that, you'll see your artery and then also the nerve bundle just next to that. This you can either go down the fascial plane or you can even go just straight through the muscle. In this case, it's a little more painful, but I guess it just depends on your technique or where you've learned about the type of approach you use. This block, again, is going to be really nice because it spares the motor, but will take care of the sensory for your lower leg. Another one that we can talk about is the fascia iliaca block. This one, you don't need ultrasound. The goal here is that you want to block the femoral and lateral femoral cutaneous nerves. This is different because you're going to use an anterior approach here. It's nice because it's a little faster at blocking these nerves than just the three-in-one block. You'll typically see this for a knee surgery or hip, or if you're dealing with the femur as well, you could also see this block. To do this block, you will draw a line. And so this is a little more complicated than, in my mind, just using um, ultrasound and, and being able to see specific structures. But if you draw a line, that will basically mimic the inguinal ligament. And so you're going to start at the superior iliac spine down to the pubic tubercle. After you draw that line, you'll split that line into thirds. And so your injection site is going to be just caudal to the line between the lateral and middle third. So if that doesn't make sense, this is really helpful to look up a picture as far as seeing you know, an example of this. But even just having the concept in mind is really helpful. So again, you're going to be drawing a line from the iliac spine to the pubic tubercle. At this point, you're going to split that line into three sections. And then right between the lateral and middle third is where you're going to have your injection site. As you advance, you're going to feel two separate pops as you go through the fascia lata and then the fascia iliaca. Once you go through those layers, you can inject local. You don't want to go further than that and go into the psoas muscle. And so those two pops are really going to guide you. Again, you're not using ultrasound. You're approximating your injection point, and then you want to use feel to go through those two fascial bands, but you don't want to keep advancing so you're too far, and that would be in the muscle. If you choose to use ultrasound, again, this is not one that you necessarily have to use, but if you choose to use ultrasound, you can put your ultrasound in the same spot. So you'll still use the same external landmarks to kind of get your bearings and get the ultrasound placed on the skin. Once you're there, you'll place it in a cephalad caudal direction. So you're not going to be horizontal with the probe, but you're going to be cephalad to caudal. And then at this point, you should see basically like a bow tie appearance. So this is going to be the fascia lata and then the fascia iliacus. That'll be the border 
that's around the internal oblique and then the sartorius muscles. So at this point, you'll go through the first bow tie part, which is going to be your fascia lata. You'll go through the second, which will be the fascia iliaca. Again, even though you can see this and you should be able to see your needle drive, you still want to associate that with what you're feeling as you pop through these fascial bands. And so you're just sure that you're in the right spot combining both the feel of the puncture and then also the ultrasound technique. Great. So moving into the sciatic nerve, we can do a sciatic nerve block. And again here, the sciatic nerve is going to motor innervate the backside of the thigh. So that's going to be your semimembranosis, your semitendinosis muscles that are going to be located on the backside. And additionally, that sciatic nerve is going to branch then into that tibial and common peromial nerves that are going to continue to go down and branch further as you go down the leg. So we want to be able to isolate this nerve as well to block because if we're just doing a femoral nerve block, we're only going to be blocking half of the lower extremity and it's really used in adjunction to the femoral block to combine the sciatic nerve block to it to get a whole leg block. So when do we see this? We usually want to block this if let's say we're doing a knee surgery and we want to make sure we're getting a full block around that knee and we don't want to risk just doing a femoral nerve block. We can also combine the sciatic to it and there's different spots that you can target this sciatic nerve. So the sciatic nerve is going to split into that tibial and common peroneal nerve on the lower third of the thigh. So we can either block that prior and more proximal to get both of those or we can isolate one or the other. One technique that we can use is called the popliteal fossa approach. So the popliteal fossa block, you can do in the prone position if you're going to do a blind technique, or you can do really in any position, supine, lateral, prone, etc. if you're going to be using an ultrasound. And what you want to do is place that ultrasound in the popliteal crease. And again, because different patient variability here can cause the split to occur at different heights on the leg, you want to make sure you're scanning up and down to determine where that tibial and common peroneal nerves are very close in proximity right after they split so that it's easy to block together. When looking at this view with an ultrasound, you're going to see your two nerves as hyperechoic structures in the center of your screen when you're looking in this popliteal crease. And you're going to see the popliteal vein slightly deep and medial to the nerves, as well as the popliteal artery on the further side of the vein, even more deep and medial to these nerves. And so again, those are going to be your hypoechoic structures, and you're looking for your hyperechoic nerves that are going to be there in your center of the screen. And again, that's going to be your common peroneal and your tibial nerves. And if we can block these, that'll then block the further branches, which will be the sural nerve, your deep and superficial peroneal nerves as well. So just keep in mind there that the further up we block here, and if we can target both the tibial and the common peroneal, we can block both of the branches that occur as they go down the leg. Great. Well, I can absolutely guarantee you that this is not an all-encompassing review of blocks that you'll see on the lower extremity. Hopefully, this is a good touch point for you, though, to get an understanding of the basic ones or the ones that we'll probably see most often. From here, it's important that you just take time, get your hands on the ultrasound, get used to moving up and down, figuring out where your structures are, figuring out how to identify quickly your main structures that then you can find your nerves. Make sure that you understand anatomically what we're looking at, what nerves, vessels, arteries that you'll see together what areas you'll be looking in for specific innervations that will cause sensory motor aspects to the leg. 
And so having those basic understanding, then the technique of actually performing these blocks will come as we understand these foundational principles. So hopefully this is a good touch point for you guys. This is a good review and this will be helpful for you as you are in clinical practice and then also as you take your tests. 